Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the Ringside Rundown, presented by the WrestlingChronicle.com and TWN.news, representing the WrestlingChronicle.com. My name is Eric Vasquez. I'm joined, as I am every week, by the wonderful Shay Hickson, representing TWM.news. Shay, how you doing? Hello. I'm doing good. Hello. How about you? I can't complain. No complaints at all. Summer's here. You know, we're getting fans back in the building. WWE is going to go on tour. So wrestling is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, it's going to take some getting used to, but I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited as well. And I tell you why I'm excited is I think it's because the, the crowd kind of dictates or has a little bit to do a little bit of influence to do with, uh, you know, what goes on in the ring, maybe where, what direction storylines will go into. And for almost, well, over a year, they've had no crowds to really gauge the interest of what things are happening. Every sort of input was crowd piped in. So now that they're going on a big countrywide tour and money in the bank, which is the next pay-per-view that's going to be happening is going to have crowds. uh, Things are going to be very, very interesting. Like you said. Yeah. I think like you said, it, was really tough to gauge like what was working and what wasn't because you really only had social media to go off of and to be fair social media is more negative than positive half the time so very true some of the stuff that they would complain about wouldn't wasn't necessarily bad and then i mean there were some things that were definitely justified as being bad but yeah it's gonna be a little easier now when you actually have a crowd there either saying this is good or this sucks so uh we'll see how they um react accordingly because god knows they could use some of that right now (laughs) yeah they can they can um but before we we got a lot of money in the bank stuff to cover because they kicked it off really hot with five qualifying matches for both the men's and women's uh money in the bank but before we get there this past well technically this past weekend was hell in a cell weekend where we got a hell in a cell match on smackdown then the pay-per-view on sunday and then a little bonus hell in a cell match for monday night raw how interesting was that i honestly was not surprised that they had one on raw i was definitely surprised they moved reigns and mysterio to uh friday because i don't know why they did that i don't get i i honestly have a feeling we're not gonna ever really know what the reason was but it was just like I think it was the night before SmackDown, all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we're moving this to Friday now, it's not going to happen Sunday, and I'm like, um, okay. And I mean, it wasn't a bad match, but... No, it wasn't at all. But if they would have put that kind of match on the Hell in a Cell card, that wouldn't have really been a good, uh, a match. (laughs) Pay-per-view quality anyway, but, um... Maybe, maybe that's what they knew. They knew that maybe this was the weaker, because I I was going to ask you, how would you have felt if maybe they took Bianca Belair and Bayley, the the match to open the show, and they put that on SmackDown and made that the Hell in a Cell match for SmackDown? Would that have made a difference? Um, I mean, I feel like it would have... Well, now that we actually know what happened with the match and we actually got to watch it, I think if they would have put that match on SmackDown, it would have hurt the Hell in a Cell match card way more than it helping SmackDown. I mean, it would have definitely helped SmackDown, but 
it was such a good match to open that pay-per-view. Oh my God, was it fantastic. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, but the only thing, and I'm saying this as someone who is just like uh, anybody else listening to this podcast, I basically is just based on what I re- read on the internet. And um, from what I read, all they said was that they wanted the reason that they put the Hell in a Cell matches on TV uh, for both Fox and USA is sort of like a uh, here's a, a hopeful ratings booster that we can use since the pandemic has happened and it kind of the ratings really took a shot. Um, from what I read is that they wanted to give both networks sort of something to be like a ratings booster saying thank you for sticking with us throughout the whole pandemic. Uh, for the for the SmackDown match, um, I read that it put it put SmackDown over two million viewers, which is something that usually doesn't happen. And no. I yeah, honestly that makes a lot of sense. Uh when you have Roman Reigns and uh Hell in a Cell match. I don't I don't think I don't think Rey Mysterio played a big factor in this. I think I think the reason people wanted to pay attention was A, it was a Hell in a Cell match on TV, and B, people are really, really intrigued by the Roman Reigns uh head of the table tribal chief character. Oh, you absolutely. Know. Like, no offense to Ray, he's great and all, but nobody expected him to actually win. No, and that yeah, and that's another thing too. I mean, nobody expected him to to win the match, you know, nobody expected him to beat Ray Mysterio. Um so I think it was like another uh, it, I mean, uh, they no, nobody expected Ray Mysterio to beat Roman Reigns, but I think that was another reason to say, eh, it was inconsequential if we put this match on SmackDown because everybody knows the outcome of what's going to happen. With Bianca and Bailey, you couldn't tell. Could have gone either way. Uh, and the same thing with the other one on Raw. Uh, you couldn't really tell how that one was going to go. And obviously that was Raw, so they couldn't do anything there. So I think in, in the end, it all worked out. I think for the entire weekend, the Hell in the Cell matches were probably the high key matches of the, of the weekend. Yeah, e- everything else was kind of good to meh. But yeah. we might we might as well jump right into it. Like we said, Hell in the Cell opened up uh, with Bailey taking on Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair defending the SmackDown Women's Championship match. This opened the show, and I thought it was really really good. I thought it was super physical, you know, and it bounced back and forth, and they really utilized a lot of the uh, weapons around the ring and one thing i thought was that it showed a lot of the power and agility of bianca while showing the veteran instincts of bailey who's been in the cell before um and then you know they also used bianca's braid a lot which is becoming a thing that i want to get your opinion on do you do you see that they're they're ever going to take away the braid uh from bianca so that it doesn't get relied on too much because obviously it's right there yeah and for the past couple matches and past couple segments that Bianca's been in, uh, her braid has become a factor. It's even became a factor in all of her big matches, like in WrestleMania. Yeah, oh, it's um, that's a tough one, honestly, because I feel like we've seen Bianca with this ponytail ever since she signed with WWE. Mm-hmm. So if they were to change it, it would be a drastic change. It, I mean, I for one always enjoy when she like whips people with it because that's not even there is really no need to sell anything with that like you're getting whipped with somebody's hair it hurts like like, 
just look at Sasha's uh like side from WrestleMania when they wrestled. It was like it was bleeding. It was like it was painful and I could only imagine how much that hurts. Um yeah, I don't I if it was me, I wouldn't have her get rid of the ponytail cuz it's just it's so like how do I describe I mean, it? It's 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 her it's her calling card almost. Yeah, it's her signature, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's her signature. The thing is, it's almost like an injury, like when they come out wearing the Kinesio tape or something like that, or they're yeah. bandaged up. It's right there, and especially in a match where there's no disqualification, mm-hmm. you can bend the rules, break them as much as you want. I thought Bailey was doing a great job using the braid. She tied it to the bottom rope. She yep. tied it to a chair. But each time she did that, it came back and bit her in the ass almost. Yeah. Oh, it was basically, it was like every no holds barred match rule ever if you set the weapon up you're gonna eat it yeah yeah and like, she yeah. did like the tape kendo sticks like first off that was a really smart callback from her match last year with sasha yes to it tape was. it so it didn't like screw up like it did last year and then who eats it she eats it and it was just there were so many spots in that match that just made you cringe and just go ow especially the ending that ending was fantastic the kod on the ladder the KOD on the ladder to put Bailey away, and that's exactly one of our one of our listeners, Mike uh, Mike Simpson, said on Twitter when I asked about the match. He said the KOD finisher on the ladder is creative and all kinds of ouch, and the way that ladder was bent, mm-hmm. I, I I have to agree, man. That that was a creative way to cap off the match, and again, uh, it was a solid opener. I thought it was great. Uh, everybody on on Twitter thought it was great. The flame emojis, which I do for every pay-per-view, one through four flame emojis. This one got 27 votes, and out of 27 votes, 44% gave it three flame. I would have said said if it was possible, three and a half flames. It was close, you know, because, again, they did a great job of using the weapons but not overdoing it, and they told the story in the match again. Uh, Bailey using Bianca's braid, but it always came back to bite her in the ass. Mm-hmm. The callback to the weapons that they used, and again, just great physicality all throughout. And Bianca retains, so yeah. it's interesting to see what's next for her, mm-hmm. what's going to happen for her for uh, Money in the Bank. But we won't get to that till next week. No, but I have to. I do have to add. You kind of touched on it earlier. It made them both look great. It did. It did. It really I, did. I would expect. I would expect Bailey to be one of the competitors. Uh, in the in the women's money in the bank there were a couple announced for monday but we'll get to that later but at least on the smackdown side i see maybe bailey being in there i see Liv morgan too Liv morgan i think they're i think they're gonna make a big deal out of Liv morgan I maybe so. maybe they feel bad you know <laughs> yeah sorry we got rid of your best friend here i mean the, the, the money one... in the bank ladder match take the briefcase hopefully i mean i would not be opposed to her winning the briefcase at all I wouldn't either. I think it would be somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody different. Or just somebody that needs it. Somebody that definitely needs it, but that, but it's also somebody that not only needs it, but you, you see that person with the briefcase and you think to you think they could really get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, they can make a compelling story out of the briefcase with her. After everything that Liv Morgan's been through, like we said, she lost her partners, she's going at it solo, coming off that uh memorable for all the wrong reasons love triangle story you know she's she's been a soldier of misfortune uh and hopefully yeah hopefully maybe uh the helen or money in the bank uh match will be her comeuppance um but again you guys on twitter thought this match 
got three flames, which I can't complain. I can't complain. No. That one. Next up, we had Cesaro taking on Seth Rollins. Another physical match, but I hated the ending. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, that, I, I completely agree. Like, it was such a good... I that's Those are the kind of matches that frustrate me are the ones that are really good and then have a really bad ending. Mm-hmm. I think, for me, there was no build-up to the roll-up. There was no. no sort of desperation. Nope. No, nothing. It was just Cesaro's on offense, kicking the hell out of Seth Rollins, and then Seth Rollins just rolls him up for the one, two, three. Yeah, like, why Why did we need to use 50-50 booking in this feud of all things? Like, Cesaro already beat him. Rollins could have eaten another loss. It's not like a loss would have just destroyed him. He's pretty bulletproof from a creative standpoint. So... Mm-hmm. Why do we have to do 50-50 booking? Because I'm sure this means we're just going to extend this even further than we need to till SummerSlam. And it's like, but we didn't need it. I'm not entirely sure why we went back to it. And if we're going to extend it, I mean, just give them the one one win apiece and then the rubber match. At least that makes more sense. Yeah. You know, um, there's this new decree that came out on the internet that apparently there's this new rule in wwe that says that there's no more cold matches mm-hmm. and by definition the cold match is just a match that happens for the sake of happening two guys who have no previous beef or nothing televised go at it in a match and maybe they build upon that maybe they don't but apparently the new law and order around wwe is that they're going to get rid of that every match is at least going to have some sort of meaning behind it some sort of reasoning behind it but again for me, it was a great physical match up until the very end, and yep. the match was so physical. I mean, I guess you could use a roll-up finish, but build it up, you know? Yeah, do something. Like, build, I, build it up. Make it make it make sense, you know? I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just, I felt like it was, especially with, with Cesaro on offense, and he was killing it. He had his comeback going. He already hit the swing. Everybody was popping for the swing, apparently, on the internet. And and then the roll-up finish, and then Seth gets his win. Which, again, I'm not mad that he got the win. You know, 1-1, yeah. that means rubber match is coming. Like you said, they're going to extend this. And then Cesaro gets his big SummerSlam match on top of his big WrestleMania match, which probably isn't going to lead to him being a champion anytime soon. If only, but we know how this works. We know how this works. It does, it did, it, you know, it's not going to work that way. No. Um but, you know, according to the internet, people like Chef Dad 2000 on Twitter said it was a great match, but he was rooting uh, for Cesaro to get the win. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody was really rooting for Cesaro to get the win. Yeah. Um, 32% gave this match three flame emojis. Uh, if you were to give it one through four flames, what would you give it? Um, I feel like I would have given it three flames until the ending and i think that knocked like half a flame down for me so i, I Ooh, think I'll tough give it a, credit i think i'll give it a two and a half because i mean it was a great match but again why did we have to have that ending yeah you're right you're right now a match that i'm really really interested in getting your take on I as i am every every week every week i'm interested in <sighs> in your take uh it was the Shayna baszler versus alexa bliss match now alexa uh, hadn't been in action for a very long time. Um, so that was the one thing I was interested in. It's almost a brand new character making a re-debut. Um, the only thing that really, the match was fine, but the only real big takeaway yeah, that I was able to get, I was able to take away from it was 
Alexa had great facial expressions. That's about it. Yeah, and and that's the worst part about it is that the match itself really wasn't bad. That's the frustrating thing out of all of this. It wasn't bad. I mean, like you said, she had great facial expression. She's like, you can tell she's 1,000% invested in this thing, which, you know, props to her because if you're not invested, people are going to tell. You can tell she's enjoying this, but that's um kind of it. Like, yeah. I was hoping, because as the match was going on, I'm like, okay, we're not really seeing any of, like, the supernatural stuff that we're so used to seeing in these kind of matches. So I'm like, okay, good. So maybe we're just going to, you know, keep it to a minimum. But then, now we have to learn that she has a new superpower of possessing people. And (laughs) that was when I'm like, you can't be serious. I thought we were, like, I thought we finally, like, seen the full scope of what she can do, but now she can possess people but not all the time only when she wants to i guess because it's not like you (laughs) can't not look at people all the time so i mean i must admit naya slapping reginald was funny i at least least laughed at that a little bit but then as always to have shayna lose once again because clearly she's not capable of winning matches anymore is just uh like we talked about before recording, I hate having to come on here every, literally every single week since we've done this and talk about how they're just, I mean, it's all, they've already destroyed Shayna, basically. You think they, you think there's no recovery for her? I feel like, and I was thinking about this before I uh, was looking through the results and stuff today. I honestly would not be upset if they moved her to SmackDown during the draft. Oh, okay, yeah, the draft is coming up, Because That's right. she needs a change. I think it's safe to say, because yeah. who else has she not lost to on Raw? I think I think we, we discussed this uh, last week, because it was a question last week, but I think it would be a good time for, for Shayna Baszler to go solo. Yeah, I, like, I, we thought that was finally what was going to happen. I think it would be a good... It would, she needs it. Like, she doesn't need the, oh, I don't need... I, how need to have Reggie and Naya with me all the time. It's like, she can go on her own. And I think that's just the frustrating thing out of all of this was that clearly WWE loves this whole Alexa Bliss supernatural gimmick thing. And it's like, you know what? Fine. Parts of it are, are cool. Parts of it are, are good, I guess. Other parts, not so much. But to have to sacrifice someone like Shayna Baszler for it, I don't like at all. Because you yeah. had the most... I mean, I guess you can argue besides Asuka, the most, like, badass, dominant woman NXT ever saw, like, a shell of what she used to be. And it's really disheartening for me to see. And the thing is, she could add to the whole badassery because there's a whole cavalcade of women that are, like, the badass of the new generation of women wrestlers, like Rhea Ripley, Shayna, Asuka, you know, things like that, Io Shirai, Tony Storm. So there's, like, a whole new generation uh, badass wrestlers that she can mix it up with and really succeed. I honestly think it's it'll be best for both of them to separate. I think yeah. Naya and Reggie are great together, and it'll really elevate uh, Naya. And I think uh, Shayna going her separate way and making her way in the women's division is also great. Um, but really, again, the match was just a regular, regular kind of match. Again, I loved Alexa's facial expressions because, like you said, it seems like she's really really invested in uh the character however nobody uh people didn't like this match according to the twitter poll uh it was a tie between two and one flame emojis 
Mm-hmm. I were, I can believe it. They were not a fan of the match, which uh, you know, you know, it's respectable. Yeah. Um, you know, and I really had a hard time. I try to always find something positive about everything, and it was really hard to say. Uh, okay, this was the most positive thing was Alexa was making great faces. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but other than that, next up we had Kevin Owens take on his longtime best friend, hated rivalry, uh, Sami Zayn. These two have a long history that goes decades with each other. And that's the one thing um, that kind of disappoints me about this. I mean, the match wasn't bad for me. I like that they used a throat issue yeah. uh, from Friday Night SmackDown with Commander Aziz. I love that they used that in the match itself, and Kevin was having a hard time breathing. And these two really did beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. It's just oh, yeah. being being a fan of them for so long and knowing their history and knowing what they're capable of, they're capable of doing a lot more than what we've seen on TV and on pay-per-view. They really can go out there and tear the house down. This match was physical. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was hard-hitting, and it was nothing like watching two best friends beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. You know, but I know for a fact that they can give us more. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the beauty of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn wrestling is that no matter how many times they wrestle, it's always going to be a good match. They right. always find ways to change it up or switch it up or make it different than the last match or the match before that and i think the thing that made it different this time was kevin was still selling the uh, nigerian nail from last week on smackdown and then he hurt his arm apparently which i honestly do not know if he legitimately hurt his arm or that was just good selling i don't know because he hurt his arm on Sami Zayn during the uh, tope over the top rope. But yeah. the thing was, as soon as they made connection, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens got immediately up and he got out of the way, like got out of there. It, wa- yeah. it wasn't like he was selling like, oh, my back or whatever like that. He mm-hmm. took the bump, made sure Sami was okay, and got up, got out of there, and he kept holding onto his wrist and his shoulder area and his elbow. Yeah. So it was hard to tell what the issue was. They said maybe it seemed like he might have separated something. Um, I didn't see any reports when, uh, yeah, I hope not either. Of course, I don't want him to be injured. Um, I didn't see any sort of report or anything from the pay-per-view that said he was injured. So hopefully, um, that's not the case, but again, that, that's to show you how physical the match was. And those two guys really did beat the hell out of each other. Again, I just think they're capable of giving us those, which I've seen them do it before. They can give us those big barn burner matches, Mm -hmm. you know? That Absolutely. people would be like, be like, wow, and they can tell a story of hatred and animosity. We just yeah. haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen that yet. Yeah, but, uh, I was, I was surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that Sammy won, but with the way his character is, that honestly makes sense because now he can go around and be even more obnoxious than he already is. Where, see, I can beat Kevin, or see, I'm, I beat the conspiracy. You guys were all conspiring against me and I overcame it and whatnot. Cause that's like his thing. So I can see why he won it. I was just a little surprised, but it's been a while since I think he actually won a very important match. So right. it made sense. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm happy either way uh, with either one of them winning again. For me, it was the fact that Kevin Owens was selling the Nigerian nail from yep. Friday uh, all the way still it was affecting him Sunday. And uh, that's something we don't really see. We haven't seen often, you know, something like that. 
Um, yeah. And that adds to the to what the psychology of pro wrestling is, things like that. Uh, so I asked you guys what you thought of the match on Twitter, and 46% gave it three flame emojis. I think that's pretty fair assessment. Yeah, it's that's fair. It's a fair assessment. Next up, for the Raw Women's Championship, we had Rhea Ripley defending the title against Charlotte Flair. Uh, the Monday before, or the the Monday before Hell in the Cell, I I thought to myself, okay, the pull apart brawl these two had were pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. It was physical. Charlotte ended up getting a little blood. You know, they were cursing at each other and everything. So I thought it, it drew my interest for the match. Uh, but as far as the match itself, oh my god. the the worst part was again it wasn't a bad match it was honestly pretty scrappy i described it as scrappy yeah because it's safe to say from the matches we've seen these two have they have chemistry clearly they Mm -hmm. know how to work together it's not like Rhea's matches with Oscar, where you can tell like it's just like disjointed. It doesn't look right. It always just looks kind of sloppy. Charlotte and Rhea are very good in the ring together, but mm-hmm. once again, that ending sucked. I hate, uh, and that's what I put in my notes too. I hated the DQ finish. Like I, I, I don't. It wasn't even a good DQ. No, like you <laughs> see people get thrown through the table, and all of a sudden the ref decides that. You barely grazed her with the part of the table. I guess we're going to count you out. And it, it just confused me because it's almost like they don't know what they're doing with Rhea on the main roster at all. Is she a face? Is she a heel? Is she a tweener? Because if you're counting her as a tweener, you're really making her look like a heel. Like, it to somewhat of a degree, it made sense as to, like, her, the way she explained it at least made sense. Like, if you were in my position, Charlotte, you would have done the exact same thing. Which makes right. sense. Charlotte would have done the exact same thing, but here's the thing. Charlotte's the bad guy. You're not That's... supposed to be the bad guy. So, right. what is going on? Like, Rhea obviously is more of, like, the tweener, in-between, anti-hero kind of character. Because her being, like, a smiley baby face, like, absolutely not. With her look and her attitude and whatever, it just would never work. Right. So it's almost like she has to be that in between or a heel, but it's almost like they were booking a heel versus heel because it's like you didn't know who you were supposed to be cheering for at the end. Like we were all confused, and the match itself, like you said, it was scrappy, but it almost seemed like once again they made her look so weak compared to Charlotte. Like. We're going to keep beating you up, and every time you get offense in, she'll get twice as much offense in, and then you basically just had to, like, disqualify yourself to even keep the title. It made her look weak. That was the problem. Yeah. I think, for me, it seems as though, and I don't want to come off as that guy that thinks this or that type of fan that thinks that they know more. It just seems like sometimes uh, when working with Charlotte, it's hard to have that back and forth. Yeah, yeah. You have to have really good chemistry with her mm-hmm. in order to get that back and forth. Because if not, she's just gonna dominate. Yeah, all over the all over the ring. And that's the thing that that's been kind of polarizing about Charlotte. They, you know, there's been reports that you know she's too stiff, yeah. or she gets preferential treatment or anything like that. My thing is, there are very few ladies that can go with Charlotte, even if she yeah. wasn't being stiff, even if she was the the best pro wrestler she could be if she was the if 
if that's the best that we can get, there's nobody on her level outside of maybe an Oscar, uh, you know, Natalia that can go at that level that can take that because she makes everything look real. Well, and the problem is, too, is that it also, to a degree, kind of falls on creative because they have not done a good job booking women to look like someone that could believably beat Charlotte. Right. Yeah, they have it. Every, I mean, the women, all the, all of the women have to have a thing, which yeah. I don't think is the right way to go. I think it's too overcharacterized. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if we just go upon the the route of saying these women are great professional wrestlers, something yeah. like they do in NXT, you know, yes. Yes. You, they, they have women like Zoe Stark, Io Shirai, they have Saray, they have... They have a gaggle of women that are just women that are great professional wrestlers. Exactly. I think when they come up to the main roster, <laughs> Charlotte is the woman that's a great professional wrestler, and everybody else has to have a thing. But none yeah. of their things measure up to what they can do in the ring with Charlotte. No. It's so, just, it's, so it's it's bad booking on, on the on the on the women's division part mm-hmm. i feel like we're regressing not back into the old divas ways but we're yeah. regressing in the sense that we are getting into spots where nobody really cares yeah. no, no I, I mean i could do without Rhea and charlotte i i, mm-hmm. I would want to see both of them just do something different it doesn't matter yeah. to me at what what they do it's just do something different because this is just not clicking yeah for and me. it's frustrating too because like you said you don't want to be like that fan that because obviously it's not charlotte's fault it's how creative books these women what's frustrating is that it almost seems like and honestly it kind of doesn't even involve charlotte in a way it kind of just has to involve like the nxt call-ups it almost seems like they'll call them up because they're the shiny new toy and then they get bored with them, but everybody else still loves them, so they're like, okay, so we kind of have to almost, like, torpedo them, so then when people don't care, they'll be like, see, told you they weren't that special. Right, and it's just, they're they're ruining people. I mean, what was the whole purpose of Piper Niven going oh, from NXT yeah. UK? She's, she's up to Raw for two spots. Yeah. Then she takes off, and they give her a whole new name, which makes no sense because I don't know what the hell a dewdrop is. <laughs> like I, when we were watching, my mom and I were watching Raw. I said I will refer to her only as Piper Nevin because we're not making dewdrop a thing. So I just still say Piper Nevin. Yeah, it was. It, it's dumb. It's. T- <laughs> it's dumb. It's like it's like when they when I said the same thing when they did that to to Chad Gable when oh. they were like let's change his name to Shorty G. Yes. I said. I'm not going to refer to a grown man no. as Shorty G. No. It does, just doesn't happen where where I come from. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what a dewdrop is. But the one thing, the one thing, like, you look at Piper Niven and you go, she'd be a great addition to the Raw part of the women's division. Oh, absolutely. She'd be great, you know. But, of course, you give her a name like dewdrop and the one thing everybody's going to go is, what the hell is a dewdrop? Like, I even remember when they were talking about it on Raw, when they were coming down to the ring for that match, when Corey Graves had to go into a long-ass explanation as to what this even means, that's not good. If you have to have the commentary team try to explain to your viewers and your, like, fans 
why she has this name. That's not a good sign. Especially when they know, like, when the fans know, hey, that's Piper Niven from NXT UK. And then it, com- yeah. and commentary's like, I don't know who this is. It's like, like insults your intelligence. Because it's like, we all know who. And even, I feel like we're kind of going back into Raw, but it's the truth. Like, even the backstage segment, when Eva's like, wait, what's your name again? And, and she's, she's about like, to say Piper. Piper. <laughs> so she knows her name. So why does nobody else know? I, mm. I, she's, and it's that's so the thing. It's like she works with you guys. She's like you. She's in the same company. Like yeah. she's been there for. Like, a why long are you time. making the announcers play dumb? Why are you uh, insulting our intent? That's literally just what it is. That's what it boils down to. Is that it insults the viewers' intelligence? Because for the most part, there are. I wouldn't. I guess you could say hardcore fans obviously are going to pay attention. So everybody knows who she is. Right. I mean, most people know who she is. Let's put it that way. Most people who are fans of the WWE in general and like NXT, NXT UK, they know who she is. Or even just fans of indie wrestling, they probably recognized her. So I don't know why all of a sudden you had to erase her from like history for she, some reason. She works for the WWE. She's been working for the WWE yeah. for over a year. Like, she gets yeah. checks. Like, she honestly. Gets... I... <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't. I, we didn't read the poll off yet, but I thought this was very interesting because this match got 30 votes and 40% of the votes were one flame emoji. Oh. I don't I don't know if that was because the match was bad. The match wasn't bad. It was no. just kind of, it probably was one of those matches you would probably want to see on Raw rather than a pay-per-view. Yeah, I'd say I'd give it a two. Because the in-ring, again, it was kind of like um, Cesaro and Rollins earlier in the night. The match itself wasn't bad. It's just the endings just ruin it. Yeah, yeah. And then that brings us to the main event, which was a Hell in a Cell match between champion Bobby Lashley defending the title against Drew McIntyre. Just like all the other Hell in a Cell matches from the weekend, it was super physical. A lot of weapons usage. Drew McIntyre's back just looks like raw hamburger meat that just Uh mm, it just doesn't look fun these two really really went at it they have great chemistry they've always had great chemistry since the days of impact wrestling yeah i'm just tired of seeing this match and i said that last week i said it last week i'm just tired of seeing the match i've seen it and it's a shame because everyone likes drew but it's like you're just tired of seeing him go for the title because I wonder. I honestly now wonder if they're gonna move him over on the draft too. I think I think I'm interested in seeing uh Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Did they did they do that already for a Survivor they, Series? I'm trying to think what they did. I think they might have. And I I think it was still pretty good. Yeah. I I think it was still pretty good. Now if you put a story behind this, oh yeah, I think that would be great too. Um, but the match, you know, it, it was physical. They beat the hell out of each other. Bobby Lashley uh, sent uh, Drew McIntyre through a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, a, a, a distraction finish. Yeah. Um. It, I, I will admit, at first, I sat there and I was, I was mad. I'm like, why would you have a match like that end with a roll-up? Mm-hmm. But the more I sat there, it kind of made some sense or at least it kind of I could see kind of what they were doing because it was such a heated like blood feud that you would expect this some this like big wild ending to the feud in general and so it was kind of almost like a screw you where it's like no we're gonna do it the other way because you're not gonna expect it and so it it kind of I mean it still gives Lashley a bunch of heat because 
you could have just, I mean, like, you could have speared him, you could have put him in the hurt lock, whatever. It's a, it's a cowardly heel kind of way, which obviously doesn't really fit his character, because he's more of the, like, I'm gonna talk trash on you and then beat you up just because I can. Right. So, and I mean, you feel bad for Drew because that's how it ended, but I guess that was the point, Mm -hmm. is you want him, you want to feel bad for him, it's just... It was a unique way to end it because I think everybody was expecting the like big finish, so for it to happen that way, it wasn't yeah. bad. I I I mean I enjoyed the match, you know. I think yeah. I think, but the, here's the thing: I, on the poll on Twitter, I don't know if you saw this, but thirty nine percent of the votes that came in gave it one flame emoji. Yeah, which I do not agree with at all. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't think it deserves one. I say no. maybe two and a half, two two and three quarters. Because yeah. the match itself was good. Yeah. It's just, I don't see, I don't what, see, It's just the endings. I think everyone yeah. had a problem with a lot of the endings. I don't think, I don't, I don't see a big guy like Bobby Lashley needing to roll somebody up, you know? No. No. I don't see him needing to roll. But then again, if Bobby Lashley was to make Drew McIntyre pass out from the hurt lock again, maybe that hurts Drew, that hurts Drew. It makes him look yeah. weak. Yeah, because it's like you've already had this happen before, so you kind of right. switch it up a little bit. Right, he's just susceptible to getting passed out, choked out from the hurt lock. Yeah. So I guess, like you said, I mean, this had to be the the route. So the route itself, the roll up, is not bad. Um, it's just it didn't it didn't correlate with what people wanted. I guess. No, I think that seems that's always kind of the recurring theme is if it doesn't fit in line with what people want, they automatically hate it. Which. Yeah. That's, I don't that's, always agree. That's the world we live in. Um, yeah. But overall, what did you think uh, of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view? Um, I would say it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. I'd say it was average. Um, yeah. Like, obviously, at least, I think, at least for me, Bianca and Bailey was the match of the night. Yes, yes. Because that, that seemed like the the match where... Everything made sense from start, middle to finish. Everything yeah. made sense compared yeah. to all the other matches. Yeah, because I feel like every other match, I well, really for the with the exception of Owens and Zayn, every single match had kind of a finish where it's like, why are we doing this, or why is this match, why is it going this way? So yeah, I'd say if we're doing the flame scale overall, the pay per view, I'd give it like a two and a quarter flames wow maybe two and a half but wow it was like i said it wasn't horrible it just wasn't really great either it wasn't it was it was it was a very forgettable pay-per-view yeah um but now hopefully things are a little different like we said in the beginning of the show they're gonna start going on tour they're yeah. gonna start hitting the road and the next pay-per-view because this was the final pay-per-view in the in the thunderdome yeah. So the next pay-per-view is going to be in front of a live audience, most likely 100% capacity. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that place will be rocking for Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank is already taking shape because on Raw, not only did we get a Hell in a Cell match, that was kind of, it was only almost like the Friday one. Because yeah. at first I thought, oh, they're just throwing Raw a bone because they gave a, they gave a Hell in a Cell to SmackDown. Yeah. So Raw is probably like, well, USA is probably like, what the hell? You know, so they just kind of they just kind of put that one together, you know, with Xavier Woods. Nothing against Xavier Woods, but 
I didn't see it going any other way than what it happened. So, no, but it was a really good match, though. I, the ending, I thought the ending was great when he put the yeah. hurt lock back yep. on Xavier in front yeah. of Kofi, and Kofi couldn't get in the cage, so he just had yep. to sit there and watch his best friend just get wrecked. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. And I'm sometimes all- I don't think people give Xavier a lot of credit because he can put on really good matches. Like his match with, I'm pretty sure it was Riddle a few weeks ago or maybe last month. It was really good. Like yeah. he can he can go. It's just I think the problem is sometimes he kind of gets stuck in Kofi's shadow because Kofi's Ooh. the more popular one. But at the same time, though, it's like I don't. <sighs> I'm not calling for the New Day to break up. Let's put it that way. That was just going to be my next question. They kind of keep shoehorning that MVP wants to maybe take Kofi away from Xavier, take Kofi away from the New Day. Which would suck. It would suck. I think, think, uh, to me, the New Day is the greatest tag team in WWE history. Forget the fact Mm -hmm. that they won the belt 11 times. Yeah. All of their reigns have been meaningful. They've been consistent in the sense that when they had these tag matches, no matter where you put them on the card, they're going to deliver for you a big match. Yeah, and they're entertaining. I just think what they could do is just you can still keep them together. But I, th- I honestly, I think this was kind of the start of what I'm about to say is that they're starting to like say that, oh, yeah, okay, Kofi's obviously the star because he's been here for longer and he's the more well-known of the two. But Xavier can still go, too. So if they can just keep like that momentum going with what they did on Raw, I think it would help them. I just don't think that breaking them up would be a good idea at all. Or or they could flip it around and and Xavier realizes his potential and realizes that he's kinda he kinda has been in yeah. Kofi's shadow. Uh and, you know, he he flips it, you know, because he's a smart man. Like you said, he he's a great wrestler and he's he's had these great matches and I think his background in psychology probably has something to do with that oh yeah so he'd be a great asset for for the hurt business i'm just i'm just spitballing here i'm yeah. not trying to upset anybody i'm not trying <laughs> to make a bunch any... of angry comments on twitter no. yeah i'm not trying to make anybody sad with the new day breakup trust me i would never want a new day breakup no. i'm just saying if it happens it may be the route that we don't expect mm-hmm. you know because then maybe they want to throw a swerve in there on us just as long as you can make the swerve good, because that tends to be WWE's problem where they swerve you or they hype up a surprise and it never really lives up to the hype or makes right. no sense. So right. we'll see. But for me, I think it's a great thing to have Kofi back in the main event spot. Yeah. I think I think it's really good that like he's back in the main event spot. And so far it, it makes a lot of sense. And you have people that are gonna root for Kofi because yep. they want Kofi to be champion again they really enjoyed his last run and the build up to that so they want him to be uh champion again i think that's that's what kind of helps this story already because it's literally just taking shape but i think that's why people are kind of okay they're over the drew mcintyre thing which i'm i have questions about drew mcintyre Mm -hmm. but um it's kofi it's something different there's a diff there's a contrast in styles you know, you got a oh, yeah. big versus little. There's a lot of things you can do there. And they they kicked it off the right way when they had Kofi sit there and have to watch his friend get decimated. I think that's a great way to put a chip on Kofi's shoulder and give him a little bit of an edge. Yeah, absolutely. Now, something else that happened uh, on Raw that takes shape for Money in the Bank is there were five uh, qualifying matches. There were two 
tag team matches, and I forget there there are two tag team matches and three singles matches. Now I'm kind yeah. of perplexed as to why they forced the women to have tag team qualifying matches. Your guess would be as good as mine because I don't remember right? where I saw. I think it was on Twitter. I saw it where they're like. You have three hours of TV, and you mean to tell me you couldn't have put four women's matches in there? You had to make them two tag matches. Like it made no sense, really. Because or you could you could split them up two this week and two next week. Yeah, it's like I. It gets old with, especially with like the women's division, where it's like, well, we're just gonna throw you two together just because, and yeah. I honestly, I I honestly think there's somebody whoever's in charge of the women. And, and giving the women time on TV. They just don't like women's wrestling. It feels that way on. It almost, like, because there are literally times where you'll watch it and it's like, okay, they have to be, like, doing this on purpose. Like, they can't think that this is a good idea. I, and, I, I don't, I just don't know why you would have tag teams com- compete for a qualifier and then the winning tag team is going to end up facing each other yeah. in this match. <laughs> so they, <laughs> so they shouldn't, they shouldn't be happy with this outcome in the first place. No, because now I have to deal with my tag partner in the match. And it's like, maybe it's not somebody I wanted to deal with. Like, Naomi, for example. Great. Now I have to deal with Asuka, who's won it already. So it's like... Yeah. Asuka's uh, won it already. Naomi's in it. Uh, uh, who? Uh, let's see who... Uh, oh, um, this, Ricochet. This Ricochet is in it. He beat AJ Styles, which was very interesting. Um, yeah. Riddle beat... Uh, McIntyre on Raw, and yeah. the reason I brought up McIntyre a couple seconds ago is they said that if McIntyre lost the match at Hell in a Cell, which he did, mm-hmm. he would no longer face Lashley for the title. Yeah. But you put him in the Money in the Bank match. What happens if he wins oh. the Money in the Bank match I've, and he gets a briefcase? He can't I, cash in on Bobby Lashley, so he has I, nothing to worry about. I feel like that would be like the worst case scenario that they could do is give McIntyre the like title or the title shot because it's like why, like what I, would be the because the point of and it's kind of when it's kind of like with the Royal Rumble, the Money in the Bank too. It's to help build like a new star or build mm-hmm. somebody as like a threat or somebody new at least. So to put it on him would be, you think people are mad now if he wins? Cause I'm pretty sure next week he's part of that last chance. Yes. That's yes. And that's why I didn't count him out because he's part of that last chance match. That's next week. It's going to be AJ yeah. Styles, Drew McIntyre and who else was in it? Um, uh, Randy Orton. Yeah. Randy Orton, which on paper is a great match. Uh, I like that. I kind of like the fact that they were they were they had Riddle win, but they had Randy Orton lose. Yeah, it built that tension. Yeah, it built the tension, but then he gets the second the second chance. Yeah, and I love how at first I'm like, what else is new? They're not giving the women any second chance until I realize there's eight women in the match, so you already have the four from Raw, so you just have to see what the who from SmackDown, unless. But then again, SmackDown women's division is small. It's it's. I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, man, there's Liv Morgan, there's Carmella, which you know those two are getting in the match already. You said probably Bailey and Bailey, because it's it's what it's three. It's it's six altogether, right? 
Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So probably three and three. So Carmella, Bailey, Liv Morgan. No, I think it's. I think they moved it to eight. Oh, they I'm moved pretty, it to eight. Yeah, which is why I thought they weren't doing anything for the Raw women until I realized all the Raw spots are filled now because you got Oscar and Naomi and then <sighs> Alexa and Nikki. Um, Alexa and Nikki. So let's talk about Nikki. I mm, that. And, and this superhero gimmick. Now, uh, apparently, the superhero super spirit gimmick is from the brain of Nikki Cross. Yeah. It's her creative decision. Yeah. Um, so, hey, more power to her. Uh, yeah. what, what, is that what you're thinking? Is that, um, is that your train of thought there? It was kind of... It was kind of how I felt about a couple of the things that happened at Hell in a Cell. Initially, I'm like, this is stupid. This is dumb. This is just... I think it's because, I kind of like with Shayna, I was so used to seeing who Nikki was in NXT. I loved when she was crazy and just off the walls and you didn't know what to expect with her. So to see her literally go the complete 180, I'm just like, what is this? Like, is this a... I think I literally, when... She was, like, talking, and I'm like, what's this mask? And then when it, like, zoomed out to, like, her full attire, I think I turned to mom and literally went, this has to be a joke, right? Like, it has to be a joke. And it's not, so it's like, whatever. Um, But this is the first time we saw it. I'll give it a few weeks. You gotta give it a chance, because, I mean, you can't just completely destroy it. And it's kind of like with um Alexa. She seems 100% into it. So if it works, great. If not... I don't know, but I must say, I at first did not like Alexa's new theme, but the more I heard it, it fits. I it think fits. it works pretty well. I think I think for me, when it comes to themes, presentation is the big thing. So I think yeah. uh, her timing when she walks out to the ring could be a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it fits her. I think that she can easily break away from the Bray Wyatt stuff and have it not matter. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of interesting, though, that they put Nikki and Alexa together, of all people, because it was barely, not even a year ago, that she turns on Nikki, Alexa turns on Nikki, and now we just act like it's not a problem anymore, so it's like, is that Nikki's superpower is forgiveness, maybe? Forgiveness. (laughs) Is that that in? (laughs) you, You just turned Nikki Cross into a Care Bear. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not far off, but it's she's got the giant butterfly on on her oh, sternum. She's she's yeah. she's basically a Care Bear. She really is, and it's I mean, again, like you said, if it was her idea and she has fun with it, more power to her. I just have to. I guess it's just one of those things where I would just want to see a few more. You know what it is of it. You know what it is. What we're older. Well, I mean, so if you count twenty five as old, I don't. I mean, know. We're, no, I I didn't say old. I said we're older. Yes. So, a lot of this stuff, Vince McMahon has like this childlike fascination with yeah. superheroes and things yeah. like that. So he had, and, and obviously wrestling boils down to good guy versus bad guy. Yeah. And what's the ultimate good guy if you slap a mask on him and and a cape? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I. And the match itself, I do not want to get into uh, a whole lot. Um, I guess the thing that intrigued me, because, you know, Shayna lost again at this point. What else is new? Um, They're just beating down your favorite. I, 
here's how I put it to mom yesterday. Cause she's like, how are you going to talk about this tomorrow <laughs> in a few days? Because I know how you're going to, you're going to be mad. I'm like, I am mad, but I'm going to try something different. I'm not going to say anything bad because maybe she'll actually win. If I don't completely like complain about her not winning. Hey, we're going to reverse I mean, jinx it. So. Yeah. I think, I think that has less of you not wanting to say anything bad. It's except that like, we just need to change her fortune. <sighs> And the only way to change your fortune is 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 just to to uh, it's just perplexing and more power to her because you would think a person like her coming from the UFC yep. become and and not to not for anything but during her time in MMA mm-hmm. she was ranked one of the top MMA fighters in the world exactly so you it's know? like I she can was only certified imagine how badass she, I don't I can only imagine how she feels I mean it's like I guess the the one positive I. I will I will say this. We'll just do the one positive. At least she's on TV. Mm. She's not sitting in catering. So. I always think that too. I always think that too. That there's a portion of them that think, well, at least I have a spot on TV. People see me on TV, and yep. that's not necessarily a a, a cop out. No, it's just that's the way the machine works. The machine of WWE is. Yeah. It just that's the way it works. So. More power to her to be like, I'm going to go out there and do what they ask of me and do my job and do it to the best of my ability yeah. and not create a big stink. Because you would expect a person like her to be mad, uh, yeah, to, be mad to cause a big stink. Yeah. And, and who's to say she has it? She just goes out there and does her job. No, it's like she always, from what I've always seen from her, she always puts me in the mind of someone who just goes to work and just does her job. Yeah. And I give her major props for that because I don't know if I could do the same, <laughs> especially in that position. But like, we'll just that'll be the positive we put. At least she's on TV. That's uh, yes, that's all we can say. But the, actually, the I just lied. The two things that I found <laughs> rather interesting about the match was number one: is Alexa not as powerful as she thinks she is, or is Reggie somehow able to like snap out of it because he didn't hit Naya? He was close to, but he didn't. You think that you think they should have did it? You think they should have pulled the trigger and did that? I, well, I don't know if pe- I mean I wouldn't. Have... You think people are ready for that? I feel like if Reggie like Nia slapped Reggie, you would think the only like reasonable conclusion would be it would go the other way around. I guess, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but you know, you know, slope with. That is a slope because I thought because like if if he actually would have went through with it, yeah. and did it. It would have really put it over the top. Because I'm like looking and I'm like, oh, they're about to do this, aren't they? I'm like, and it was like getting closer and I'm like, oh, God, they're actually going to do this, aren't they? And then they just stop. So it's like. Which is the whole point. Yeah. It's like, did Naya snap Reggie out of it in time? Did like Reggie was able to snap out of it himself? Did Alexa, is she not as powerful as she thinks she is? But she didn't look like frustrated. So I guess. Yeah. It wasn't her. the, The one cool spot going back to Hell in the Cell was when her and Naya locked eyes and they both and they both did that scream at the same time and like i said last week i'm a big fan of psychological horror movies and possession movies and things like that so when that happened i was like oh that was so good right like see we can find positives in it kind of yeah yeah i'm i don't hate it i don't hate it again alexa's really really good at this sort of you know craft goth-esque sort of possession deal that she's got going on and yeah. she's so good at it that if they did break it away from bray wyatt 
it wouldn't make it like I, they, I yeah. would be like, okay, whatever, it'd be her cool. own thing. Yeah, it'd be her own thing. She can make this her own thing. Yeah, um, and but I must say the other thing, which made Naya really look stupid, at least I think, was so Reggie almost slaps her but doesn't, and she's like, oh, it's okay, Reggie, whatever, and like pulls him in for the hug, whatever. But then when she tags Shayna in, Shayna goes to punch Nikki. And Nikki gets out of the way, it almost hits Naya. Now yeah. the problem? Like, yeah, I thought like, the same too. And she's like, why are you mad? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the bad. same too, because like, it was almost like Shayna was explaining logic. Yeah, it's like, Shayna was trying to explain herself. Like, <laughs> like I, you know I didn't, I wasn't going to hit you on purpose. Like, she got out she of the did way. It. And she at like, least, it at least hit her. Bad. At yeah. least if you're going to do that, like, make contact yeah make it go the whole way but then it's like but then naya couldn't understand that that wasn't accidental like i mm, it was that was that was the one thing i thought was kind of well the one thing i didn't like about it but it was just weird like yeah so from the raw standpoint being that the women's match uh on the raw side is basically set in stone do you see any of them uh, taking the briefcase or because they have a lot of people in there that have already have won the briefcase alexa's won the briefcase uh Oscar's won the briefcase. Um It would be nice to see Naomi win it, but you know they're not going to because it seems like they just can't give her a decent push. I think it's because she's she's too she's too much of the good guy. Yeah. Well but she but the worst part is is like she's been a heel before and she can pull it off. But how many more heels do we need on the roster right now in Raw? Because Especially yeah. when we don't seem to know what they're doing with Rhea, so it's yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, and then like we said, we think it's probably going to be Liv, Bailey, Carmella, and then I would love to see Mia Yim in the match because supposedly she's showing up at some point. Wouldn't that be something? Or even oh, really? uh, I would love if I would honestly love if Sonya Deville came back and somehow qualified for this match. Well, they did. They did ask Sonya Deville, like, um, being that WWE is going on the road again and fans are going to be back. Are you going to make the transition uh, to in-ring competitor? And she said, right now there are no plans for her to make a transition into in-ring competitor. Eventually, she said, you know, of course she she's a fighter, so she yeah. she wants to get back in there and do that. But she says that she really enjoys her role right now of being an authoritarian, you know, figure with adam pierce so uh, I, I just eh, i don't know how i feel about that because i love sonia i think she's great in the ring um i still say to this day she never should have lost to mandy rose in that feud before all that craziness happened that craziness was i mean yeah. and they they and then they made it like a hair match that didn't really happen yeah like, and then it's just like all of a sudden it didn't happen so i mean i guess it did make sense um given the circumstances of why that match never really happened that way so, so it was kind of like the, it was kind of like forces out of your out of her control especially with that whole like stalker situation yeah because i think yeah. that was i think that was the reason i remember hearing all those yeah because the, the, guy, the guy was the guy basically was going there and to to do serious bodily harm yeah and i think they said that because obviously for some reason mandy was always going to go over and i think what i remember reading was that if Sonya would have actually did shave her head they it wouldn't have really looked good in court like like I that's what I heard I don't remember but I think like maybe it was a good thing they didn't do it with all that circumstances happening so I still think she should have won it though but I wouldn't be mad if she went like came back and participated in the match but 
since the one person I wanted to see in the Money in the Bank ladder match is clearly not going to be in it because, honestly, <laughs> even from a non-biased standpoint, having Shayna win it would have made a lot of sense, given her character. Like maybe, maybe they'll do a, a, a second chance match like they did for for the men. That would be um, nice. And then she gets it, but <laughs> I then mean, hopefully it'd but... be it'd be uneven. Would it be uneven? Um, well, it depends on how many people they want to use from SmackDown because they really don't have a whole lot. They don't have a lot. Because they're really not going to use Natty and Tamina in the match, I wouldn't think. No. You're not going to have Bianca. So no. you really have Liv, Bailey, and Carmella. Where's Sasha? Yeah, man, maybe Sasha might come back. But even maybe. then, Sasha probably shouldn't. I Let's put it this way. Since Shayna's not in the match, I'm going to hopefully go for like Liv. I hope Liv Morgan wins it oh, if she okay. qualifies. All right, all right. We'll just go. We'll just go for the wild card, I guess. I, I I like it because it's somebody new. It's somebody yes. different, and that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. Of of the money in the bank, you know, you kind of want to use that to build somebody different. You know, exactly. so it's hopefully, like rumble. yeah. So hopefully they can take that and uh, maybe maybe Liv does come away with it. As far as the men's side, I you know it's still yeah. kind of up in the air. It's interesting yeah. to see that that Ricochet got the win over AJ Styles, yeah, so, and Morrison got the win mm-hmm. over Randy Orton, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting until I realized if they want to start wowing, if it's like the first pay per view back with crowds and it's a Money in the Bank ladder match, you need guys like Morrison and Ricochet in it. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but you're you're completely right. You want them you want them to see do crazy stuff off the ladder, all and, the wild stuff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about it that way, but that's very true. That is very true. But it's it, it's it's an exciting time because slowly but surely fans are going to come back, and like I said earlier, fans do have uh, uh, what's the way? How can I explain? It? They do drive a little bit of the direction creatively yeah. of which way WWE is going to go. Mm-hmm. So w- if you're a fan that's going, I I know that we talked about possibly you going to the first show. Uh, that's close to you, or but after what happened with Ruby Riot, you guys kind of decided not to. Where do you guys stand on that? It... <laughs> you just have to bring up Ruby again, don't you? I have to. Oh, by the <sighs> way, I read a little bit of news. She is not going to go back to her Heidi Lovelace character yeah, on the indies. She I read is that going. Too. Yeah, she is going to be known as Ruby Soho, which is a. I am perfectly okay with that. Yeah, that's a throwback to the. Uh, to the uh rancid song there's a rancid song called is it ruby Soho? yeah i think it's yeah i think so yeah so that's pretty cool but uh i think you know what i think she's just making sure she's covering all her bases in case she get uh gets a call to come back yeah i mean i would love for them to come back like her and tommy i guess it's so weird because it's like you want to call them they're like wwe names but it's like they're not with wwe anymore it's like tommy and and like ruby soho it's like i would love to see them come back but um my mom and i have talked about it before if you were in their position would you really want to come back though like Um, you guys got rid of me and now all of a sudden you're like yeah whoops sorry yeah come back that's a good question that's a good question um because obviously there could be some hurt feelings there yeah, you know? I, especially on Tommy's end, because first you fire my wife, <laughs> yeah. and then you fire me, so it's like, yeah. Yeah. It'd be um, a little tough if I was him. I think, I think for, in his case, it'd be a lot better, because when, when in his case, there are people that are gunning for WWE to go get him 
before yeah. AEW does because it's not because they don't want him to go to AEW, but because specifically this was a massive mistake. Yeah, and honestly, in a way too, Ruby was a massive mistake too because from oh, what I remember hearing, everybody in the locker room loved her. So it's like, yeah, and she's someone you can you can build around. She yeah. has that thing. She's the reliable. Thing, the thing that the thing that I always say about wrestling is especially now that Tommy N is no longer there. There's nobody there for me as a person who grew up a hardcore kid going to hardcore shows that yeah. goes, that has tattoos and everything. Yep. There's nothing for me as a fan to identify with. Yeah, because like we talked, I think we even talked about that in the first episode. That's yeah. why we gravitated to Ruby and Tom. Like they were like the alternative covered in tats head to toe, not like perfect looking kind of wrestlers. And right. Like, that's what we loved. And not only that, but like you look at Tommy Ann's, uh in-ring work. You know, yeah. he brings a lot of the MMA stuff. Yep. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is another big uh, favorite of mine. Yeah. He's always been a favorite since the Indies, but really is because they are guys that make wrestling look real. Oh, yeah. You know, with oh, the yeah. way they move in the ring, the psychology of everything that they do, they bring in a lot of MMA and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, mm -hmm. stuff like that, I think is very, very interesting. To bring that element into something that is predetermined yeah. makes things very interesting. So, um, in, in the case of would I come back, I know if I wanted to come back, I have a lot of leverage. Yeah. Not, yeah. Le not leverage in the sense that I'm going to get my way, mm -hmm. but leverage in the sense that, okay, you guys knew you screwed up. I yep. know you screwed up. Let's do, let's do it the right way. Yeah. You know? Like, I let's mean, I, I could easily see, I mean, I don't think like Ruby would be the kind of person to do this, but it's just like, they had been saying for years now that Liv and I should have got the tag titles. So I mean, and look at their match at WrestleMania. That's the one oh, thing I go back to God. is the match at WrestleMania was fantastic. Yeah, and everybody. I mean, aside from Natty and Tamina, a lot of people were cheering for the Riot Squad. They right. really were. They literally stole the show yeah. that second night because I'm looking at it and going, "Man, they're using tandem maneuvers. They're putting mm -hmm. everything together well." They're breaking out stuff I've never seen before. Yep. Even if they lose tonight, they're on the fast track to doing something great, hopefully. And yeah. obviously, obviously that didn't yeah. come Did to work. fruition. Um, but I think that's enough rambling about our favorites for the third week in a row that no longer works. See, there. but I feel like we always do that though. But I mean if it, it's relevant, it's like people want to hear how we oh. actually feel because we could just be like, Okay, we'll just go down the line of this and just talk like this is what happened and whatever it's like because there's people like us out there that love tom that love ruby yeah, and I, I must say though i feel i am hardly to blame about ruby getting released because um short little rant i guess is like i collect a bunch of like wrestling trading cards and action figures nice. i'm just starting to try to when you know money is not a problem and I had already had a couple, like, obviously I have Shayna's, one of Shayna's, and then um, ended up finding Dakota Kai's at a convention that I was at a few weekends ago, and just a whole bunch of, like, autograph cards and whatever, and so for my birthday, my mom bought me the one Ruby Riot like, action oh, really? figure they had, and the worst part was, I felt so bad, because she felt bad, that he got so busted up in transit, like, the Jeez. cardboard, I mean, it's still in one piece, it's just, like, the cardboard's bent on it and whatever, and I'm like, 
damn, at least the figure's still. And I mean, obviously, I'm not the person that's like, it has to be in pristine condition, no cuts, no scrapes, no nothing. I don't care. Like, if I have it, I'm glad that I have it. Yeah. And so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, damn, this thing's busted up. And then literally, I think the week after is when she got released. So I'm like, oh, it was a it was, Yeah, it was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> it was, and I hated it. But oh, man. Yeah. It, oh, it was man. a mess. But. All right. But before we get out of here, um, we do have a question that came through on your end. Yes, and we actually have a, I actually just got another one like 10 minutes ago. Did you? Yes. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. So uh, one of them has to do with uh, NXT, and the other actually has to do with Alexa Bliss. So is there a specific Ooh. one you would like to start with? Uh, no, I, I, whichever one, whichever. Okay, so I feel like we didn't get – I think that was the worst part. We wanted to talk about NXT more. We just didn't have the time. So we'll start with NXT because this sure. one's rather interesting. Um, okay, so this comes from my friend Jordan. So, Jordan, thank you again for the question. He wants to know about the diamond mine. He said mm. Roddy is the leader. Malcolm Bivens is with them, technically like the manager, I suppose. Mm. Um, he thinks it's probably the best decision since Roddy isn't very strong on the mic and Tyler Rust True. has promised. And then you have um, – and it's funny because you look and a lot of people don't realize who the third person was. I didn't. I had to look it up. Yeah, and Hideki I- Hideki Suzuki. Su- Hideki Suzuki. I yeah. don't remember if I've ever seen him on any NXT matches. I don't think so. I think they signed him, but everyone thought he was going to be like a coach. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So now he's okay. actually there. But um, so he said he's just not sure about this group. Is he wrong? Um. Yeah. Go ahead. You answer. I think it's kind of hard to tell because it's kind of like the whole thing with the Nikki superhero gimmick. We've only seen it for. For Nikki's case, a match. For the right. Diamond Mines case, like five minutes. Right. So it might be one of those. It seems like an oddball kind of group, but it works. Right. Because Roddy is always reliable in the ring. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, that man can go. Like Jordan said, Tyler Rust has promise, obviously, and he's been with Malcolm Bivens for how long? We just hadn't seen him for a while, and right. then. I'm not entirely sure about Suzuki. I'm sure there's people who could vouch for him, I would assume. He seems like a pretty decent wrestler as well. So I think it could work if they obviously do it right, as they I always think, say. I think, yeah, I think what they're trying to do is build up like sort of like an MMA shoot style yeah. uh, stable, yeah. which I'm on board with. And, and that's funny because I don't watch MMA at all. No, I don't either. I don't watch it, but if you – Show me somebody that's in a wrestling ring and they're using Brazilian jiu-jitsu and yep. stuff like that. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So maybe yeah. I should start watching MMA yeah, maybe. more. <laughs> yeah, right? um, and it, I also saw, too, it's a good point. It gives Malcolm Bivens that faction that he's been waiting for because he had Indu Cher, I think, months yeah. ago. And that did nothing. So hopefully this is finally, like, his big break, too, is, like, the manager or the handler of the group is the diamond mine. But... I think it has promise. Um, I think it does too. I think, um, you know, like you said, Roddy, Roddy is sure in there. You know, he's got a tank like that can go. Yes. So he's the great one. Uh, he's uh, Tyler Rust. That stuff's gonna rub off on Tyler yeah. Rust. Oh, absolutely. So it's good that they paired a a, a young guy like him with yeah. Roddy that he can learn from. Uh, like you said earlier, Hideki Suzuki is more like the wild card of the group i'm interested yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna actually look him up to see if there's anything i can find on him just so i could see uh what he brings to the group um but for me like i said i'm interested in it because it's a it seems like a shoot style mma style yeah. sort of 
like what what uh, MLW was doing with uh, Tom Lawler mm-hmm. and, and uh, Simon Gotch when he was there as well. They were doing like an MMA shoot style faction. So yeah. that to me is what it seems. It's just, it's just we have to see where it's going to go. You know, yeah. what happens, especially with Roddy. Because Roddy, Roddy up and quit after yeah. uh, Undisputed Era broke up. And he was all sad and he was emo Roddy. And he yeah. was just... I mean, maybe like, maybe they can say that I've spent that time finding these guys or working with these guys and right. they brought it brought the passion back or something. Yeah, I'm definitely. That could be it. That that's that's a great way to go, and I and I really really like that. So only time to tell. I think it's a strong group. I'm interested. I'm at least going to pay attention to see what they do. Yeah. I'm also interested. What is up with that that battery charging thing that cool. keeps popping up? I don't what, know. What is that? I have no idea. And it's like I keep trying to like figure out who hasn't been on tv in a while and it's like i can't come up with anybody i don't know what it is i swear damn Anybody? it if, if, if it's that damn chris jericho trying to open up the forbidden <laughs> door right. with another oh. time thing oh, i'm gonna imagine? lose my mind i'm could gonna lose imagine? it oh, oh man God. it's gonna it's gonna be interesting but like i think we agree that you just have to give the diamond mine some time i would be very interested i must say obviously we haven't seen them in action yet or whatever but just from like a contrasting style or personality standpoint i would kind of like to see a clash between them and hit row oh because hit row is fantastic would, right you now. really like hit row yeah they're so i mean it's like it's just that like what's it, swagger about them it's yeah. just they their match this week on nxt wasn't bad it was just i mean really it was a glorified squash match really yeah. but i think what they just need to do with them is just they need to have once swerve finally gets that like big match he has to win it at this point. Like you cannot just keep having him basically choke in the big moments and not win. Right. And if you want Hit Row to be taken seriously, and it seems like a lot of people, from what I've seen online and whatever, love Hit Row and what they're like yeah. going towards. So it's like, okay, then he needs to finally either get the cruiserweight title or he needs to get the North American. Like he needs to do something. That'd be that'd be neat for me because uh Swerve was one of the first people I ever got to interview as a podcaster. Nice. So to be, so nice. to so to so to like have that, I'm like that's pretty cool. I like Hit Row. I think every week they keep adding something new. Yeah. Uh, the uh, top dollar. That guy is great. He's oh, yeah. great because I think as a fan, because we've seen him on the WWE Treasure Show. You see, like um, it's a complete 180 from what you. Yeah, see. it is a complete 180, but you understand that he's a fan. So as yep. fans you tend to understand the psychology a little bit more. So he's in there and he's throwing hands and he's talking trash and he's understanding how to use his size. So the the sky's the limit for hit row. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So what's our, our next question, by the way, Jordan, thanks for that. Excellent question. Jordan, thank you for the question. So this next one is a rather interesting one. It's from uh, Jeff. So Jeff, thank you for the question. Why are fans so against Alexa Bliss having supernatural powers when they've accepted it for decades from performers like Kane, Taker, Papa Shango, and the Boogeyman? That's a very, very good point, Jeff. Yeah, it really is. Um, I, I think, I think the reason they're against Alexa Bliss is just that they don't get it. Um, it's it's a dark character. Yeah. And I know that because, again, like I always say, I watch a lot of horror movies. I watch a lot of movies like The Conjuring and a lot of possession movies. Mm-hmm. The Exorcist is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um, so I, I under. Uh, yeah. 
I understand the psychology around what they're trying to do. This is a very, it's not complex, but it's towing the line. Yeah. You know, when you think about, you know, what Bray Wyatt was doing when he first did the, 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 what was it? The Firefly Funhouse? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was like, wait a second. This is, he, this is corny. Like he's doing a children's show gimmick and then mm-hmm. out pops a pentagram and I'm like, Oh yeah, I get it yeah. now. It's one of those things like you have to be into, into what they're doing in order to understand what they're doing. Yeah. And I think the, I think the biggest problem with Alexa and you kind of mentioned it a little bit was they were already doing this with Bray Wyatt and the fiend for how long. Right. And so everyone liked it when he was doing it. And then it's like, okay, and then it like kept going longer and longer, and then you got Alexa in it, and it's like, okay, well, that might add something new to it, but then once you got into the Orton feud, and you burned him, it's like, okay, that can't really be the ending, and then they bring him back, and the new Burned Fiend wasn't bad. I like the new Burn Fiend. I thought it was pretty cool, but then I think what really soured people was having him lose to Orton at WrestleMania, like... And and, and the way, and because all it did was go, what the hell was yep. that? Why did that happen? And there was yeah, like, no logic. Yeah, there was no logic to it whatsoever. We still yeah. don't know why it happened. No. We no, still I don't think, ha- I think she, I don't even know if she explained it. Like She just said that her, she, she, she didn't want to be controlled. She yeah. understood that she had these powers that were given to her, and she didn't want to have a leash on her. So, yeah. I mean, I get it, but still, where the hell is Bray Wyatt? I don't know. Where I, is he? I don't know. Because, like, you would expect that that's what's going to end up happening. Like, you would think at some point she's going to have a big match and he comes back and costs her because that would make sense. Like, you cost me, I cost you. Ooh. Like, I like I I like the idea of him coming back and costing her a match and then her having an absolute meltdown in the ring where, yeah, like, and she goes full carry and, like, scaffolding starts to fall. Yeah. You like, know? Come <laughs> on. Like, I, I think also, too, um... This might be me just reaching, maybe, but I feel like it's a good theory that back in the day when you had Kane and Taker and Papa Shango and the Boogeyman and all of them, I think as a whole, the wrestling community wasn't as cynical back then as they are now. Very good point. Very good so point. So now it's just like... I mean, okay. for God's sake, we believe that that Kane and Undertaker were brothers <laughs> and that the Undertaker yeah. burned his parents alive. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... It's a completely different, I think, like, wrestling environment now, I guess would be the word. I'm not entirely sure, but I think it's just they're so cynical and just so, I mean, not everybody, but as a, I mean, general, general cynicism is the problem, I think. It's what I always, I always say that we live in a generation that is uh, a contrarian generation where we kind of look for what we don't like first Mm -hmm. before we find something that we do like. Mm -hmm. Um, We look, we look for reasons to hate something before we look to see if we actually do like it. And if we don't, we don't have, we, uh, instead of coming up with logical reasons, it's just like, oh, I hate that. And if you like it, you're stupid. Yeah, um, yeah, so, and I think it also kind of goes to, I think we talked about it a little earlier, where it's like, okay, well, if I expect X, Y, and Z to happen, and X, Y, and Z doesn't happen, I don't care if it was a five-star match, I didn't, what I wanted didn't happen, right. so I don't like it. It's like, you have to be objective, you can't be subjective, right. like, if well, it's a good match, is, it's a good match. Well, the thing is, wrestling is, is a subjective form of entertainment, Yeah. but what you like, 
doesn't necessarily mean it, there's no reason that anything that I like, you also have to like. Exactly. And I think that's a problem too. I think that's just in general. I mean, you can even, you can. Yeah. You could apply that to movies, everything. music, everything. But for me as a fan, I like it because it's like, okay, you have a different opinion than I do. What's your opinion? And then I listen to your opinion. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot yeah, of sense. And that's the problem. I think most people just don't, they stop at, oh, your opinion doesn't, isn't the same as mine. I don't want to hear it then. Right, right. It's like, okay, well, just because you have one viewpoint on something doesn't mean that everybody has the same viewpoint. Right. So you kind of have to be open-minded about it. And yeah, I think that's the biggest problem is it, people are very closed-minded sometimes when it comes to the things they like and not only that you to go back to the question think about how old the people are now when you know back then when they were fans of papa shango kane and the undertaker they were teenagers that are probably still watching the show now and they're like now you're older and you're it's kind of weird to get into these supernatural characters or or a character like Nikki Cross as a superhero. Yeah. But again, it's just that you're older, you yeah. know? It's not geared towards you. That's the one thing people have to realize is as much as I want WWE to be more serious and more a little bit more edgy, yeah. they 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 have to have some part of it appeal to the kids because the kids yep. are the ones buying the t-shirts, the toys, the things like that that make the money. So I yep. get it. Yeah, you know, I think that I think people tend to forget that too. That there are still quite a few younger kids that watch it, or just younger people that watch it, and yeah. so that's the stuff they like. I mean, how many times do you see in every like when the Fiend was still around? How many like WWE shop promotional videos they had where it was a child wearing the Fiend's like mask and gloves? Right. So yeah, it was a perfect Halloween costume. Yeah, so it's like the kid kids like that kind of stuff. So you, again, you kind of just have to be like, okay, well, it's not really my cup of tea because i'm in my 20s and it's not i mean like 10 year old me would have thought that was really cool yeah exactly. i mean but there's still parts about it that i still find cool it's like i think it, I, yeah the alexa bliss stuff i think i think they you, you just have to you have to see where they're coming from you yeah. know and you got to understand their inspiration behind it and it doesn't it doesn't have an end game just yet so you kind of just have to go with it basically yeah basically but i think well first off thank you jeff for that question thank you jeff and before we get out of here i want to let you guys know where you can also send us questions like jeff and jordan did which we are gratefully gratefully appreciative of you can send them over to our twitter we we don't have we you can send it to either shay's or my twitter my twitter is at wrestling cron that's wrestling c-h-r-o-n shay where can they hit you up on twitter and you can find me at Shailene Hickson 21. And normally I'm retweeting what you're retweeting. So yeah, at one point or another, you're going to find something we say. Every every week, I always put it out there to uh, drop us a question. So that way we can answer it on the show and you can be a part of the show. Because that's what I want. I want you guys to be a part of the show as much as we are a part of the show. Yeah. You know, this yeah, is I like your... answering questions. Yeah, I do too. It, it adds to the show. It gets us thinking and it, you know, it adds a lot more subject to the show which i also enjoy but again it's also to get you guys involved in the show and so that you, you can feel like you have a show that you can be a part of yeah so if you want to check out the show if you want to subscribe we greatly appreciate it check us out anchor.fm slash ringside dash rundown now because of anchor fm 
the podcast gets distributed all across the board on all types of different platforms. So whatever platform you use to uh, listen to your podcast, all you got to do is search for Ringside Rundown. Or like I said, go to anchor.fm slash ringside dash rundown, and it will give you a list of all the platforms that we are available on. You can also leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us a voice message to get your opinion across, if you if you feel like you got something way down deep that you really want to get out, and the only way to do it is to use the power of your own voice, all you got to do is go to that same link backslash message, anchor.fm slash ringside dash rundown. It's a mouthful slash messages but go there you can leave a voice message and let us know what you think about wrestling and if you have any questions we can answer it too yes yell at us about yell at us about wrestling yell at us we want yes we want you to be passionate we want you to be nice you know be respectful but we also want you to be passionate because again like i said this is your show as much as it is our show i enjoy doing this i know this is episode three but out of all the podcasts i've done I think I'm having the most fun doing this podcast and especially doing it with you, Shay. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. Like, it is crazy. It's only episode three, and I feel like we've been doing this for like five months now. We have a good rapport. We have good chemistry. We have good chemistry. We have good banter, as the kids say. And again, I love doing it. I can't wait to do it next week. So make sure if you have a question, send it on in. Hit subscribe, Ringside Rundown. Check us out. Let us know what you think. But until then, my name is Eric Vasquez. She is Shay Hickson. Adios. See you guys.